Hello and good morning. Hi, this is Susie Smith. I'm supposed to call in. What are you doing, Susie Smith? How are you doing? <laughs> good. How are you? First of all, I got to be honest with you. Only because I'm a radio guy, it's it's like you, you read a book like Ascendant, and it's uh, or you meet a professional wrestler, and you're thinking big voice. And I, I, I was really expecting that because I mean your books are like what? And then here's your little <laughs> itty bitty voice. <laughs> oh my lord, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Man, the way you write, I I love how you can pick me up in in the world of 2023 and plant me somewhere else. And it's like, and then when I put down the book, it's like, uh, no, I got to go back. I got to go back. <laughs> uh, well, that's a big compliment. Thank you. When I did you realize that. that you had that magic trick going on? Um, well, uh, I've always wanted to write. Uh, I don't, I, I just started writing. And as people started reading what I was writing and they I got good feedback I um I thought well I'll just see where this goes was it was it based on chance because that, I, I'm a writer as well and I and I'll, I'll do things with paragraphs let people read it just to see what their reaction is and then it's like going into the kitchen and adding a little bit more pepper to it yes yeah I actually I have a friend um she lives in uh West Virginia her name is Judy and I after I write a chapter, I will send it to her and she will read it. And she's like, have you ever had one of those? Did you ever have one of those school teachers that just marked your paper with red? The red, red pen, just, the oh. red pen. <laughs> <laughs> the dreaded red pen. <laughs> she's like that. She, and she, you know, I, we just have a relationship where, um, she just she knows she can tell me what she thinks and um but yeah that's my writing process julia cameron talks about that red pen because so many people uh they, they don't want to write or release any of their materials so they hide it in boxes because they're afraid of somebody and the red pen mm -hmm. you've got to have a thick skin and you got to get over it <laughs> because if you don't have i mean if you're writing for yourself and you want to hide it that's fine but Honestly, I think most writers want their um, the things that they write to be read. I mean, why else would you put it down on paper, you know? Yeah, the same is true about podcasting. When you come up with creative ideas and things, what you do is you have people that you want to share it with that are going to give you the truth, you, where they're going to say, yeah, it, it was interesting up until about this point, and then, yeah. dude, you, you totally lost me. Right, right, exactly. And you have to say, you have to be willing to, you know, step back and say, okay, um, I see your point and let me see how I can fix that. Do you do any type of defragging where you go in and you ask yourself the question and then you question your own answers? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I Every can day. relate. Yep, absolutely. Every day. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see your notes when it comes to creating the Ascendant. Because this book, there, there's really a, a subliminal message in it where it's like, wait a second, our new normal is chaos and you're writing about chaos. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, I... <sighs> I really didn't, it's funny, I didn't start out to write, um, to write like that. Um, and I would have loved to have been a romance writer, yeah. uh, you know, where everything is all just, turns out, you know, everybody has a happily ever after. But I just, I just 
it just didn't come out that way. <laughs> I've, I've got a question for you because you and I have something in common. We both love writing poetry. How do you keep the poet at bay when you're putting together your sentences? Because my last book, which was written about John Lennon, is very poetic because I thought if you're going to write about John Lennon, make it poetic. Yeah, you have to be poetic. Yeah. Um, there again, my uh, my friend, she'll catch me. She'll go, this is not a poem. <laughs> <laughs> this, you know, that is not realistic, you know, because, you know, because uh, sometimes those turns of phrases, you know, will just really get me and try to mm-hmm. sneak their way into into that. But really, people, I, most people don't think that way yeah 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 because if if i start rhyming words or if i have a kind of a melody going on in my head when i'm writing it's like oh you better start all over this is not going any place <laughs> <laughs> yeah now i i love alliteration and so i'll uh i'll sneak some alliteration in there uh quite actually quite a bit i kind of have a problem with that but <laughs> yeah. or you grab the thesaurus and put in a word that most people don't use just so you can break it up a bit yeah, I, I, you know, I really try to do that, but um, it's got it there again. It's got to be um, a word that isn't going to throw the reader out of the story. Yep. yep. So then, in reality, like a radio person, you envision that reader while you're writing. Yeah, I, um, yes, because I want people to read what I write, mm-hmm. and if they can't understand it, they're they're gonna put it down or walk away from it and that's the last thing the last thing an author wants is for a reader to say nope not for me (laughs) you ask a big question inside this book and it's one that really needs to be planted and a conversation needs to start with it and that is is that what would you do if society crumbled i mean we are staring down the barrel of a gun right now and it's one of these things where you're you're starting a conversation the what if right yeah i mean that i think that's a big um I think that's a big issue right now in this country. Um, when a, the overall thing I want people to do is start thinking for themselves and asking questions. I mean, I, I don't think most people ask themselves, you know, what would happen? Yeah. We're so reliant on the internet and on electricity and on running water and the grocery stores and stuff like that. What would happen if that was ripped away from you? I mean, what would you do? Mm-hmm. Did you did you study homelessness only because I think that they are the geniuses that are still undiscovered? Because if something really went wrong, I'm going to a person of homelessness to, for, for them to teach me how to survive. They, they know, that's exactly it. They know how to survive. Um, they um, they've been out on the streets. They're not they're not a stranger to hunger mm-hmm. or cold. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think they'll probably be the ones to survive. Yeah. So now, how do you, how do you come up with your ideas to place in between these covers? Because your stories are just—I mean, it's it's almost like I'm sitting there and you're sharing the story, and I, I'm hearing your voice. And 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 you know what I mean by that? It's like it's not like you're. I'm sitting here reading a book. This this is something that gets inside my heart. Oh, good. Good. Well, yeah. I mean, I after nine eleven, um, I really started asking myself questions because that that little you know security bubble that we all lived in um was kind of popped it, mm-hmm. it, it, it was broken and so the idea i think for this series just morphed from from there 
Interesting that you bring up 9-11 because I used to do a podcast that was called The Daily Ray of Light and I would take from my second book and and the the different thoughts that were shared on a daily basis. But once 9-11 happened, it could no longer be The Daily Ray of Light because it became darkness to we people who are creative. Yes, exactly. Um, Yeah, you just, you, you just... My imagination, and I'm sure you have a huge imagination too, but mine just kind of went absolutely nuts. It just went absolutely bonkers there for a while. Absolutely. Now, you were talking about it being a series. When did you decide inside your creative process that, oh, I can't end this book at once? Is this something that you're holding on to because it's hard to relinquish it? Yeah, um, I I didn't originally plan for this to be um, a series but everybody kept asking me, well, what happens? You know, (laughs) you can't, you cannot. My uncle, (laughs) my uncle read it and he goes, we can't leave them hanging. You got to, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. And so I was like, well, okay. And then I started asking myself, okay, what happens next? And, you know, it just kind of, um, went on <laughs> now coming from a small town how did that influence you as a writer because i used to pick up my writing instrument and paper and go right in the chicken shack that's cool um <laughs> um i think it i can't imagine living in a city and every time um my husband and i um go to we were in tulsa the other day uh we went to see uh we went to see a concert and yeah. the the traffic was just absolutely outrageous and he goes this is why i don't live in the city <laughs> you know <laughs> and i'm just you know i i i agree with him 100 and so yeah it does influence um it does influence my writing because people are they're just a different breed um, in a small town. Everybody knows everybody, and everybody's concerned with everybody else's business, if you know what I mean. And, you know, it's not like a person in the city who doesn't know their next door neighbor, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I, I totally get that. And, but the thing though, is that when you live in a big city, even like Charlotte, I mean, the thing is, is that we've got tall trees that keep us separated. So I thought, okay, if we're going to have tall trees, I'm going to, I'm going to plant 1700 trees and I'm going to create a forest for writers. And my God, I mean, being in this forest every day is just, is, I love it, but I'm in the big city. Yes. Yeah. Well, Hey, that's, that's amazing. I, I'd kind of like to see that. <laughs> it's and the, and the thing about it is, is that you know people they 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 feel the energy from the forest and then they go, well, I want to write in that forest just like you are. And I'm going, I, I still think the forest is maturing, but our time is coming where writers will come here to collect. I yeah, I agree with that. I absolutely agree. So you believe that nature is moving through us. So let me ask you this question then: Do you think you're the writer, or are you the tool? Ooh. Um. That is a, wow, that's a good question. Um, I would say, I would have to say that I am, um, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer in the, the great unconscious, you yep, know, yep. I, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Um, so I think probably I'm a tool, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I believe I have some control over it, but I mean, if I'm honest, I think I'm probably the tool. <laughs> <laughs> I love where your heart is. <laughs> so where can people go to find out more about you, your book series, everything that you're going to be doing? Because I want people to fall in love with your writing like it's caught my attention. 
Good. I, yes, me too. <laughs> um, I have a website, uh, suzysmith.com. Um, most people don't spell Susie the way my mother decided to. It is S-U-S-Y smith.com. Um, and then on Facebook, I would absolutely love to connect with readers and, and you know, people on Facebook. And so they they can go there and find out what all I'm doing. Man, you got to come back to this show anytime in the future, Susie, with an S, because I'll tell you what, man, I mean, if Def Leppard can come back on here nine times, that door means you can come through it as well. Awesome. I will. Um, that's, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that very much. And we saw them last, uh, night before last, Def Leppard. Did so you then. really? Is that what, what? <laughs> see how the universe is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sure did. Uh, they, oh. my my Gen Z daughter absolutely loves them. If you can imagine that, oh. uh, huge fan. I, I I can't imagine it because I know how how much Joe Elliott and 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 Phil and everybody puts into it. Because I mean, I even asked Joe Elliott. I said, I mean, what what are you doing? Why are you working with outside bands? Arrow. I'm a working guy. I like the work. I came from the factory. It's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that they're putting out new music just blows my mind. Yep, 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 yeah. There's, they're, and, and the way that they study their music, because Phil was uh, down in the Delta, and, and he was in, deep into the South to learn more about that sound and how they can bring it to their music and everything. So, I mean, they're still students of the art. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they amaze me. Absolutely. They boy, they can hang on the stage too. Ooh. <laughs> Man, they they work it. I, I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a beautiful day today, okay? Yeah, you too. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.